Amen. Well, tonight, uh, we've been in a, a series, but tonight we're going to cover something different. I just had it on my heart to spend some time talking about healing. Uh, there is a lot going on right now. You know, whether, whether things are hype or reality, doesn't matter. There's a lot of fear in the world, you know, right now with things that are going on. And uh, we touched on some things in communion, but I just, I just thought we'd, we'd spend some time just looking at the Word and some scriptures. We need to be grounded and solid in what God has said in His Word concerning healing. Our, our faith as Christians, we need to know what God has said and what Jesus has provided in His atonement. In the atonement uh, is death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, just to be strong into that, in that, and uh, faith comes by hearing. Amen. So we're just going to spend some time looking at some scriptures and um, stir ourselves up. Hebrews 13, 8. Let's look at that. We'll just put it up on the screen. We don't have to turn there. It's not one of the scriptures we're going to focus a lot on. But Jesus, thir- or, Jesus. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is always the same. And Jesus is the Word. This says the Word uh, was there's the word in the beginning, and he was God, and he was with God, and uh, as always been. But everything that he was 2,000 years ago, he is today. Everything that he was a million years ago, he is today. So uh, we can believe him for what he said in his word. Let's look at Exodus 15, 26. I'm just going to go through some scriptures and just... Um, Look at some of these verses on healing. Exodus 15, 26. Your faith needs to be on what, in what God has said, not in what some man has said. It's not what somebody said about any subject in the Bible. It's what the Bible said, what God said. You can't have faith in what you heard preached, per se. You need to have faith in what the Bible said. Somebody may be preaching something, but, and that's, that's great, we hear the word, but our faith has to go back, not because, it, uh, our faith needs to be not that somebody said it, but that God said it. It needs to go past what somebody said. You can't, you can't stand for healing because you heard so-and-so preach it. Well, so-and-so says that we're healed. No, God says that we are. Doesn't matter who the man is, me or anybody else you want to name, it's not because so-and-so said it. If it's because some man said it, that's going to break down. When push comes to shove, you can't, you can't stand on a man said such and such. You need to be able to say God said it, regardless of what any man said. Now, you know, I endeavor, and, and uh, uh, you know, many ministers, of course, endeavor to preach what the Word of God says. But it's so easy just to say, well, I heard it from so-and-so. And And just to kind of unconsciously, still, our faith is really in, well, I heard that and I know it. And that's what we believe in our church. That's what we believe in in word, you know, word and faith circles. We, We believe that we're healed. Well, that's not enough. We need to know that the Bible said it and that God said it and he promised it. Amen. Exodus 15, 26 says, 
If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. Verse, or the end of that verse says, For I am the Lord who heals you. And we're starting a little bit uh, you know, at the beginning in the Old Covenant. Um, this is God telling His people, the Israelites, I am the Lord who heals you. I am, other, uh, other translations bring out, uh, I am the Lord, your physician. I am the Lord, uh, your doctor, essentially. I'm the one that you heal, that heals you. And we need to know that. We need to know that God is our healer. Thank God for medicine. There's, there's a whole lot of people that would be dead or incapacitated if it weren't for medicine. The Bible's not against medicine. Dr. Luke uh, you know, that, that wrote the book of Luke, uh, he was a doctor. And if you read some of his writings, he gives a lot of detail in certain areas. Um, there's nothing that the Bible, it doesn't preach against or doesn't say anything against medicine. And, uh, you know, sometimes people have given so-called word of, word of faith or faith circles a bad rap like you're against medicine. Well, some people have preached an error. Some people have gotten off and they've discounted. The Bible doesn't say anything against medicine, but you need to know where your trust is because they're still men and women. Thank God for what the medical community can do, but they're not God. And they're not, they're not unlimited. They don't know everything. I mean, can we agree on that? They'll tell you that. They'll be the first to tell you. We cannot do any more in this situation. There are, there, we can name uh, diseases for which there are no cure. Right? For a lot of types of cancer, there's just, you get to a certain place, that's it. They can try to do things to hold, thing, hold it off, but at the end of the day, there, you, there's no cure. We can name others. But our faith needs to be in what God has said and the fact that He is our healer. Regardless of what men can or cannot do, we need to understand that God is our healer and look at it that way. It's not believe God or go to the doctor. If you're going to go to the doctor, you better be believing God. If you're going to go under the knife, you better be believing God and know that that's what you're supposed to do. Amen. We need to understand that God is our healer. And so we need to be led in every situation. Uh, His will is that we be healthy and whole in every situation. And He has provided, through the atonement, the blood of Jesus, through the stripes on His back, He has provided healing for us. And it's our right and privilege. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter what the name of any particular ailment is. Jesus is above every name. And God's power is sufficient to overcome anything. He created the body, and He can recreate anything. And He can fix anything. Just like that. Just a tweak. We need to understand how big God is. Think about it. It doesn't matter what's wrong in the human body. God knows how to fix it, and He has the power to fix it. He created the human body from nothing. He's... He, he created Adam from dust. I mean, you know, but he, what, where did the dust come from? You know, you just go back. Everything was created by the word of his power. So he created. That means nothing 
that we face physically is too difficult for him. And if we'll focus on that, how big he is, that the fact is he's, he's, he's uh, promised us, not just promises, provided. We need to understand that healing belongs to us. It's not just something that, see, sometimes we get out there and we're trying to grasp for it. Like, oh, you know, if you're a really mature Christian, you can really just, you know, if you could just get it and walk by faith. We, it, see, we need to get to where we understand it's ours. It belongs to us. It's not something I have to grasp. It's done. I have it, and regardless of what I see or feel, I have it. And it, it's been bought and paid for. And it doesn't matter what the name of anything that we come up against is, it doesn't matter if men have a cure for it, because you know that changes over time. Right? There was a time when polio, if somebody got polio, they, there was nothing they could do, maybe to a degree, but now we don't deal with it. Well, if we kept going, there are certain things that people deal with today that a medical community could find a cure for, and we don't deal with it anymore, because we're past that point where uh, we don't have a cure. But men's knowledge is growing, but it's limited. God's knowledge, right now, anything that, that uh, would come up against, uh, come against our body, he already knows how to fix it, has the power to fix it, period. There's much more security in that. Our faith needs to be in the Lord who heals us. He is our doctor. He's our physician. He knows how to fix anything and be strong in that. Know it's His will for us. Know that, know that He can do it and that He wants to do it as actually already bought and paid for it. Exodus 23, 25 and 26. You know, I just had it on my heart to stir ourselves up in these things. I don't think there's a person in here that hasn't heard something about this. But we need to be, it needs to be fresh. It doesn't need to be, well, I heard that. It needs to be, thank God that that's true. It needs to be alive. So when something comes against us, we just hit back and say, no, 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 no. God is my healer. He is my healer. Now. Amen. Exodus 23, 25 says, So you shall serve the Lord your God, and He will bless your bread and water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. It means you're going to live out your life. Not going to be cut short. This thing, religion will tell you, well, you never know when God's going to take somebody. That's just not biblical. We're going to look at other scriptures. It says this, I will fulfill the number of your days. God does not cut people's life short. God does not take people out. God does not send sickness and disease. Those are not his will. He said, I will take sickness away from the midst of you. That means it's not even known in your midst. It's not even around you. Well, what if it's around everybody else? Doesn't matter. It's not going to be in my midst. We, we can you go back to 25. It says, I will take sickness away from the midst of you, Dr. Jesus. Think about it. If you're walking around with Jesus right now, if he were here in the flesh, would that change? And don't get religious on me. Don't get hyper-spiritual. I'm just saying, just think about it. If you're walking around him, that, that might 
just naturally that's going to change your view of the situation. You're just like, well, I'm with him. He's not going down. I'm not going down. We need to understand the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, walks with us everywhere. The power of God that can stamp out disease like that walks with us. You ever heard that account of John G. Lake? John G. John G. Lake saw thousands of healings uh, in in the Washington area. So much so, uh, I mean, it was deemed like one of the healthiest. Uh, cities where he was and during the time he was there he he was there was this this account that he was around this sickness and he walked into a room and they were saying well you, you got to put a mask on you got you don't want to be near this stuff because you'll get it and he said this stuff has no power over me and he, and he said put some and there was foam coming out of people's mouth that had just died something that just died they put it on a slide and he said put that under a microscope and they did, and it was crawling with all the, the germs and everything. And then he touched the slide, and he said, now look at it. And it was dead. You said that's foolish. No, that's, he knows. He knows what's real. Think about it. Would that have any power over Jesus? Don't you think the power of God can kill any virus or germ like that? Is that does, do we have any problem believing that? No. Wait, that power is resident in us now. Because the Spirit of God, the Spirit that created the universe, that amount of power, we can't comprehend that amount of power. We can't even begin to comprehend that amount of power is within us. When we start focusing on what the Word actually has to say about these things, your faith will go through, our faith will go through the roof and we'll say, well, this is no problem. Is when we're looking in the natural and, you know, we got to be careful what we listen to. Because there's so much noise and so much fear, it'll get you looking at the wrong thing. It'll magnify sickness and disease rather than cutting it down to size where it is with God. We need to magnify God and say, wait a minute, God's in me. I don't care what it is that's out there. He's in me. He's not going to be taken down. No. We, we need to magnify Him, not... not, not uh, magnify what's out there, um, regardless of what it is, uh, and act like the world. Act like we don't have any help. Act like we don't have the Spirit of God walking with us. Let's look at Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verse 1. I mean, you know, we could do, we could preach on this for months, of course, and um, we have. But uh, right now, I mean, I'm just, we're just uh, stirring ourselves up here, and if it goes somewhere else, we, we'll go with that. But um, I'm going to look at some of these scriptures. Psalm 103, verse 1, says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. How many? All. Any exceptions? No. All. That means anything that would come against us, we're coming over it. We're coming out. It has no power. It has no right. No authority. It says, Who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Let's look at Psalm 91, verse 9.
It says, Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Verse 14, Because he has set his love on me, this is God talking about us, Therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. We need to understand who we're talking about. God will answer us. God is our protector. God is our healer. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. With long life I will satisfy him. Amen? Say, well, how long? Well, uh, when you're satisfied. Brother Hagin said, well, when, when you... Uh, when you see, if you hear I'm gone, you'll know I got satisfied. Nope, it doesn't say, well, you just never know when your, your days come and it said, out with long life, I will satisfy him. What does that mean when, if there's something coming against you? I'm not satisfied. I'm, this, ain't, this isn't doing nothing to me. We're going over. God's my healer. We need to be bold and bold on the word. We have his word. He will back his word. God has never failed anybody yet. Well, I just don't know. I don't know if I have enough faith. We need to focus on what the word says and just believe it and stand up. Satan will try to push you and be like, well, you just don't know. No, we know. We do know. We do know God's word works. Satan's a liar and he's a loser. And we need to call him on it. Say what the word says. Psalm 107, 17. You don't have to turn to all these. I'm going, I know I'm going through. This isn't... Really the intent just to, just to go real in depth in these things, but just to, to go over some of these scriptures. Psalm 107, 17 says, Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. And then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distresses. He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works. To the children of men. Amen. He said he sent his word and he healed them. Proverbs 4 verse 20. You don't have to turn there. We'll just put this up on the screen. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. That's what we're reading right now. His word. Not what anybody else is clamoring about. What does his word say? He said, give attention to my word, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. God's word is life in its health to our flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Now we're going to look at a few uh, scriptures in um, the Gospels, just a few examples. Of course, like I said, we could spend this whole, whole message and more messages just on one account that Jesus healed somebody. So we're not, that's not our intent. You could, you could have a, you know, a series that was a year, two years long. But um, Matthew 8, 2, 
Matthew 8, verse 2, we're just going to look at a few of these. Matt 8, verse 2 says, And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. This is a leper came up, was not supposed to be there, based on the, the statutes and the law, wasn't supposed to be coming uh, into that area, supposed to be away from people. And he came and worshipped Jesus. And uh, remember, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. See, he didn't know. Are you willing? See, people will talk about, well, is God willing? I don't know. I mean, of course he can. Is he willing? He said, are you willing? You can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Every person that came to Jesus for healing was healed. They came in faith and, was, and came after him was healed. Somebody said this, uh, actually his brother Hagen was talking about it. You know, another account, we're not going to turn there, but you know, in the pool where there was an angel that would trouble the water and just the first one would get healed. And then, you know, there was a guy, Jesus came up to him and said, hey, you know, uh, you know came up to him and the, and the guy said, well, I... Every time that the, the water is troubled, um, somebody else gets in before me, and so I'm not healed. And, and Jesus uh, healed him and went on. But the thing Brother Hagin said, he goes, it is, isn't it interesting how the first one, because all it said was the first one that got in was healed. The angel troubled the water in the first one. Didn't say anything about the person other than that. That means anybody that got in, they were healed. He said, isn't it interesting how the first one that got in, it was always God's will to heal them? In other words, religion will tell you well, it's not God's will to heal everybody. Well, it's interesting that just the ones that it was God's will to heal got, got healed. Got, got there first every time. You know why? Because it's God's will to heal everybody. All the time. It's religion that says it's only his will. See, that's just, that's just an excuse. Well, we don't know, so it must not have been his will. No, we're reading his will. Amen? Amen. Matthew 15, verse 30 said, uh, great, Then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, blind, mute, maimed, and many others, and they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Look at all that. Blind people, people crippled, people that can't talk, or deaf people, probably. You know, mute. He laid them, laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he did what? He healed them. Didn't turn them away. Doesn't record. You'd have to add to the scriptures anywhere to say, Jesus said, well, you, it's, it's sorry, you, not God's will to heal you. Notice there's nothing like that. They just came, they're healed. Luke 6.19 says, The whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. People, the multitude is coming after him, and power went out from him and healed them all. Isn't it inter interesting that nobody, God, Jesus didn't call them out and say, Wait, 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 you, 
Sorry, not, not God's will to heal you. Healed them all. Luke 9, verse 10, said the apostles, when they had returned, told him all that they had done. Then he took them and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging uh, to the city called Bethsaida. But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him and received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. Healed all of them. Let's go to Acts 5, verse 16. So this is um, the apostles, the disciples. Similar thing, though. They're doing the works of Jesus. Acts 5, 16 says, Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. All of them. Came and they're healed. See, Jesus, God has always been the same. Jesus is God. When we read that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, His will, God's will for us is the same as it always has been. The way He's dealt with men has changed over time uh, in the covenant the Old Covenant versus the New Covenant, but His will was the same. And it's revealed in Jesus. And Jesus, what you see Him doing and the disciples doing here is His will. We read those other scriptures that He, he is the Lord our healer. Well, He was the Lord our healer. He's always been the healer. He created the body. Of course, He can heal it. Acts 10.38, you don't have to turn there says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Notice that. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Where does sickness and disease come from? It comes from Satan. Now, we know more today about you can look under a microscope and you can see the, the bacteria, the virus, and all that stuff, and we have names for a lot of stuff. Okay, where did all that come from? Why is it distorted like that? What, what kind of, what's behind the twisting and the torment and the destruction? Well, we know Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's not God. God is not the author of sickness and disease. It says here, Jesus went about and he healed all who were oppressed by the devil. Wouldn't it be ridiculous for Jesus to be going around healing the people that God had put the sickness on? God the Father. See, that's what some people think is going on. That's not true. That's religion. We're reading the Bible. Healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. See, he's doing it, and the, he's anointed by the Holy Spirit, and it said God was with him, and he's doing what? He's healing. That means God is on the side of healing. That means God wants us to be well. Every time. Every time. 
Well, I don't know, what if, what if such and such had happened? God Almighty is with us, for us, and we already know His will. We don't have to seek it. We know His will is for us to be well, period. So we can go out, guns blazing, saying it is God's will for us to be healed, and that's what we stand on and we believe. Now we're going to get into just a few more scriptures here about our rights. But all these are going together. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. I, I pray that you prosper and be in health. This is a greeting, but it's more than a greeting. John is saying, I wish above all things, I pray that you may uh, prosper in all things and be in health. That's God's heart for us. You know, if you have children, you know, and just say if you have loved ones, put it that way, you know, you wish, you want them to be well. Prosper means to have everything you need and to be in health. Don't you, if you love somebody, think of somebody you love. You don't wish that they would not be well. You want with everything in you, I mean, it's great if uh, certain things happen in their life, but, you know, if they're not feeling well, that hurts you. You don't want to see your loved ones suffer. This is God's heart. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to be in health. Now, let's look at a few verses of Scripture here. This is in, we've looked at a lot, uh, just how healing is in the Word, that God is our healer. Let's look at these specific scriptures that shows that it is in the atonement of the Lord Jesus, what He did for us. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Like I said, we're stirring ourselves up this evening, just going over so what the Word says in these different areas. I know I'm covering a lot of ground. We're not teaching in depth on these things, but just... Uh, Stirring ourselves up in this, this manner tonight. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Talking about, this is Isaiah prophesying about the Messiah, which Jesus was. It says, But He was wounded for our transgressions, He was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. This is looking forward to what the Messiah would do. It says, by His stripes we are healed. Now Matthew, if you look at Matthew, we'll put this up on the screen. Matthew 8, verse 16. Matthew 8, verse 16. This is Jesus talking uh, when he was on the earth then. He looks back at what Isaiah said here. It says, Matthew 8, 16 says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word, talking about what Jesus did, and he healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So Matthew is looking back and saying this, what Jesus is doing, is a fulfillment. Jesus coming, he's a fulfillment of what was prophesied by Isaiah. 
And it says, He Himself took our infirmities and He bore our sicknesses. So in the atonement, by the stripes that Jesus took, it paid for you and I to have well bodies. It's paid for. It's not going to be paid for. It's not something you have to work hard for. It's already done. It's done. Matthew is translating what was uh, spoken in Isaiah. Some people say it's just spiritual. Well, you, how do you get spiritual out of this? They saw, it writes about how Jesus went about and he was healing people. And then it said, Matthew said, this was to fulfill what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. That's absolutely physical. That's not just spiritual. He's talking about physical people being healed of physical problems, and he said, this is what Jesus took. Let the Bible comment on the Bible, not some man making something up. Jesus paid for it. Now let me ask you a question. Have you, if you were out in a restaurant, and you... You uh, decided, you saw somebody you knew and, you know, said hi to them and what, but you decided, I, I, you know, I'd like to take, a, take care of their bill. And you went, you know, to the hostess or whoever and, you know, who's their server? I, I want to pay for their, their meal. But you didn't tell them. If then they go to pay... You know, get their card out or whatever. And the person says, no, your, your, uh, your meal's already been taken care of. If they were to say, yeah, but I, but I want to pay for it. No, I, I ate the meal, I want to pay for it. No, it's already been paid for. What does that mean? Would, would anybody in their right mind say, but I want to pay for it again? Seriously, if, if you're in a restaurant and somebody, the, the hostess says, no, your, your meal has already been taken care of, who would try to pay for it themselves? No, people in the natural, you would say, oh, well, if it's paid, it's paid. If they tried to make you pay for it again, that would be dishonest. It's paid for. It's, it's already done. There's no reason to pay for it again. You don't have to get money out. It's already paid for. Period. That's what Jesus did with our sickness. It's paid for. It's done. The Satan can lie. All, see, Satan's a liar. That's what he does. So anytime you get some thought coming against you, well, you don't know. You, mean, you may not have enough faith. It's just, it's, it's smoke. It's a lie. It's, a, it's nonsense. It's trying to get you to back off of this and not be strong and say, shut up. You're a liar. It's paid for. Now I'm walking out the door. My meal's paid for. Period. It's done. He has done it, not going to do it, not we're going to work it up, not we're going to try to do our part. Well, you did 90%. Here, let me do some. No, he paid for it. First, First Peter 2.24 then quotes this same thing. First Peter 2.24 says, He who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. By whose stripes you, what? Were. Why does it say were? 
because Jesus bought and paid for it on the cross. Isaiah was looking forward and said, by whose stripes we are healed. The Messiah, when he comes, this is part of what he's going to do. First Peter's looking back, Peter's looking back and saying, it was done. Yeah, but I, I'm experiencing symptoms. We, ha we have to look at what the Word said and said, nobody already paid for it. I'm not going to receive this. This is a con. This is a lie. Because that's what the devil does. That's, he'll, he'll, stuff will come on you, and he's trying to get you to receive it. Trying to get you and I to accept it and say, well, it's too late. No, it's, that's not true. It's a lie. We need to understand what the Word says and stand on what the Word says and know what God said, not what some man said. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's just read a couple more and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. Mark 16, verse uh, 14. This is Jesus speaking. Mark 16, verse 14. Now this is Jesus speaking to the disciples. It says, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. He rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's one way to receive healing. Best way is just to believe on what God said, but that's another way is to lay hands on, on uh, you know, your loved one. You can lay hands on yourself and, and, and believe what the Word says. This is very definite. Jesus said you will, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So that is, you can quote Jesus and go, look, I'm laying hands on my loved one, myself, whatever. It says they'll recover, period. It's not qualified. You can take that to the bank. It's a verse of scripture you can look and say, this has got to go, period. They will recover, period. That's it. it there's no qualification. It doesn't say what, what, it, what the sickness is. It doesn't say, um, you know, a bunch of, Prerequisites. What we do a lot of times, well, but I haven't done this and this and this. I haven't looked at this and this. You know what all the, th when we're looking at these scriptures, you know what it's doing? It's building faith. You know, if, if we're weak in faith, it's because we haven't focused on the scriptures. That's it. Don't make it a works thing. It's just, you know, when you're hungry, you don't feel bad. It's like, well, oh, I don't know if I did everything right. I'm hungry. You go get a sandwich. You just go... I'm hungry, so if you, were, if you were agonizing about it and just, I just don't know why I'm feeling this way, well, have you eaten anything? No. Well, there you go. Problem solved. That's all it is. We just stir ourselves up and be full of what God's Word says. 
Let's read Mark eleven twenty two, and we'll close with this. It says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, if there's something in front of us, it could be, the mountain could be sickness. That's trying to push against us. That's, you, can, you can use this verse. God has promised us, or not promised, He purchased healing for us. We've looked at these scriptures. We know it's in the atonement of Christ. And when something stands in front of us, this is another way. We just look at it, and it looks big, like a mountain. Jesus is saying here, he said, So I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now look at that verse again real quick. Verse 23, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. We could go into this a lot. We're not going to take time to teach on but I want to say this. It says, if you say to the mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, and don't doubt in your heart. It says in your heart. Faith is of the heart. Romans 10.10 says it's with the heart one believes. It's not your head. You can have doubt in your head. head. In other words, thoughts can be hitting your head going, I don't know what, what's going on. It's not your head. Thoughts can be coming to your head. It's your heart. If your heart is assured and you have faith and you believe God because you've been, you put the, you look like right now, faith is rising in our hearts because we've looked at this. We can look and say, I believe that and step out and say, and with faith in your heart, the word of God will work. Even if you have thoughts hitting your head that go, that go, I don't know. Amen. Faith, just, you cannot, like Brother Hagin said, you have, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head. But you can stop him from building a nest in your hair. See, some people will say, oh, I had a thought. I had a, a thought of doubt and say, I don't know, then I'm not in faith. No, you just cast down the thought. But just because you had a thought doesn't mean your heart's off. We need to know that faith is of the heart. That doesn't mean you meditate on doubt. Don't get me wrong. But what Satan is crafty, and he works in your head. He works with thoughts. So what it do? It try to bring a thought to you that he brought and then say, you're not in faith. We need to understand what he's doing, cast it down and say, shut up. I cast down the thought and I'm believing with the heart. So don't even use that on me. See, he will try to get you. Well, you're not in faith. No, faith is of the heart. I haven't moved. Shut up and move. And then it says, be removed, be cast in the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes. Where are you believing? You're believing with your heart that those things that you say will be done, you will have, he will have whatever he said. Period. So if something would push on us, some, you have symptoms of something, we can come against it in the name of Jesus, command it to go, and it has to go because we are standing firmly on the fact that God has paid for it through the blood of Jesus. 
We have it. And it has to go. Amen. It's ours. Not going to be. Is. Praise God. Let's pray. Lord, we just...